nothing worth more that will ever come close. No thing can compare. You're our living hope. Your presence. I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves, where my heart becomes free and my shame is undone. Your presence, Lord. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and Let us become 
experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Spirit, we invite your presence. Invite your presence to fill this place. That your presence would overwhelm us. the God of this universe. Not the God of the universe, the God who created the universe. But even though he's bigger than all existence, he somehow fits in this room and fits in us.
the voice inside you are my love no one before you all that I am points to you I was made by you I was made I am unfulfilled 
Meditate on that for a minute, just how you can't get away from his love. How the hound of heaven chased you down. Nothing can separate you. Nothing can separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus.
Father, lead us in your love. Lead us in your love to those around us. Let the heart of this church be just so filled with love that it's the overflow out of each and every person here. God who don't know you right now they may be within our sphere of influence, they may be those who are within our own families and so Father we just pause for a moment right now to to lift those up those names, those hearts, those lives before your throne and we ask you Father that Holy Spirit first of all that you would be where they are, your presence your power spirit be there where they are now and and that Lord that you would begin to work upon their hearts and the situations that are in their lives Lord we know God that there's a devil an enemy who roams around seeking whom he may devour wanting to kill and steal and, and destroy and Lord we know that because of his deception and lies and God, that there are those things that, Lord, that you, you have desired to be whole and he is broken. So, Father, we pray that wholeness would come. Salvation would come. Deliverance would come. Healing would come. In lives and situations today thank you, Lord, that you have pursued us. We thank you, Lord, that you have begun a work of transformation in each and every one of us, and that he who begins a good work will complete it. And so, Father, today, that as we think of those who are without you and lost, Lord, we pray that you would be the one who would lead them back. And God, I also pray that today that we would be open your people we would be open to your voice your leading and your guiding sometimes Lord you are the one who calls us and and leads us and tells us our assignment and so I pray that we would be open to 
hear your voice, to heed your call, to take up the cause, to do the things that you've called us to do. Because your love is too great, Lord. Your, your, the relationship we have is too great for us to hold on to for ourselves. We've sang this morning in worship of the overwhelming, reckless love of God and oh, how He loves us. How He loves us. And yet, Lord, I pray that as we build our lives on the foundation of Your love, that we will, You will send us to those. You will bring us to our place of intercession a place Lord where we feel your pain we feel your brokenness for them and then our pain would turn into intercession that we would indeed have a burden once again for those who are lost and broken whose lives are being destroyed by the enemy so use us I pray open up our hearts to be used by you in Jesus name Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, God. Thank you, worship team. So just really great. Really great just reminding us of your love of the of the love of the Lord today. Welcome to Maple Street. I'm so glad that uh, everyone could be here today. And you're not here by accident. You're here by by sovereign design, amen, and um, the Lord is is here, and uh, and uh, we're just so thankful that you're, you can be here as well, we have a few f- new faces here, so welcome, and just trust that you're sensing the presence of the Lord today, and, and um, that you feel comfortable here, and, and that the Lord is just, uh, you just sense his presence, uh, just a couple of announcements, not going to be labor, um, trusted everybody able to pick up a, a, a bulletin. You've got a bulletin on the way in, and uh, just to let you know this, this uh, as we proceed, um, we do have our uh, a time uh, of of you know we have our baked potato and and uh, and all the other little things that have came in. I think I saw some cold meats that came in. Praise God! I like meat. I'm a guy, so I like meat. Uh, I, I don't think I could make it as a vegetarian. That might be healthier, but uh, I'm not sure. Uh, so I'm uh, praise the Lord for that. And uh, there may be some other items that have come. I did see a, a cake. So praise God for cake today. Uh, yeah, it's really good, isn't it? So we're going to be having a time of of of, um, of uh, just eating together and fellowshipping together. And uh, I'm not going to. Uh, we are going to take a little bit of a, a vote. On, on how that rolls, but uh, uh, so we do have our annual meeting uh, at some point following uh, the, the regular service this morning, and so we'll we'll settle some of those items as we as we roll along. Um, so just a few announcements, of course. Uh, we we do have uh, the life group uh, beginning on a Tuesday night at uh, Gary and Karen Sorensen's. Uh, at 4305 49th Street. Also, uh, we continue on with our fasting and prayer in the middle office on Wednesday mornings. And I believe the time kind of gets, you know, I always start off at 9.30 and then, you know, it's eventually 9.45 and then everybody shows up at 10. So, um, but there's always a great time in prayer there. Also, just a reminder that our plan to protect training is, is coming up. Uh, 
Um, it may be more into the first part of October, but it is on the radar. So those who need that, we would like to have as many people involved who are either involved in ministry presently or you desire to be. Uh, that is great stuff uh, just to help us to have a safe environment for kids and youth and vulnerable adults. Also, um, as well, for those who might not be able to make it to Gary and Karen's life group, the church will be open at 7 for anyone that would like to, to uh, join in, in prayer as well. And, of course, on the weekend, uh, we have Gary, or excuse me, not Gary, but Terry Truman and his team from Sherwood Park is going to be uh, ministering uh, with the Breaking Masonic Chains and Generational Curses Conference. So please, if you plan to be uh, in attendance at that, uh, don't delay. Send uh, Carol Rudick an email just to let her know as a courtesy, just so she can track how many folks are going to be coming. We want to be sure that we have enough seating in case we get beyond what we have right now. So we want to be able to prepare for that uh, and, and all those other logistical details. Of course, you can see over here in the side wall a, a real good reminder of the shoe boxes, Samaritan Purse shoe boxes. And, uh, of course, our bulletin lets us know that the shoe box Sunday is Sunday, November uh, 19th. And so we want to... I'm not sure how many shoe boxes were collected last year. Anybody got the stat off? Pardon? 34. 34 shoe boxes. Well, why don't we try to beat that this year? What if we shoot for 40? What do you think? You think we could do that? Let's try to beat 34. 34. That's my age, isn't it, today? No, I'm just joking. Yeah, American, right? Yeah. Praise God. So that's some of the announcements. Um, and, uh, of course, uh, trust you, you'll receive a bulletin today. Just going to ask our ushers to come as we uh, worship the Lord in our giving. How many would consider yourself to be blessed here today? I, I feel blessed. I feel blessed to have church family. I feel blessed to have my wife, my kids, my health, my strength to be here. So the Lord is, is, a, is a, he's a, he's a good God, isn't he? We're going to put that slide up on the, on the screen there for our prayer this morning. So let's, let's just pray this together. But as we receive today's offering, we're believing you for heaven open, earth invaded, storehouses unlocked, and miracles created, dreams and angelic visitations, declaration, impartation, and divine manifestations, anointings, giftings, and calls, positions, and promotions, provisions, and resources to go to the nations, souls and more souls from every generation, saved and set free, carrying kingdom revival. Thank you, Father, that as I join my value system to yours, you will shower favor, blessing, and increase upon me so that I may have more than enough to co-labor with heaven to see Jesus get his full reward. Hallelujah. Amen. So God bless you as you give. Amen. This morning I just want to briefly talk about investing your life for God. Matthew 25, if you have your Bible with you. I know that with technologies we're 
Some people just find it just as easy to slip over to their phones or their tablets, and I see a phone there. That's right, Kristen. Uh, they just have a... Young people just have this knack of just knowing how to use technology before they're even born. You ever notice that? I remember when I was a kid, and I was thinking, man, I was doing good learning how to work the VCR. So now anytime we have a problem with the phone, we're always asking, Logan... Can you help us with this? Can you help us with that? How come my phone isn't been backed up in like eight weeks? So he, he, he knows how to do all this stuff. We just pass stuff to him. And, you know, they were born into this stuff. So Matthew 25, I want you to stick your, uh, just kind of stick a marker in there for now. You know, one of the things that we did when we arrived, I shouldn't say we did it. My wife did it. I just kind of watched. Notice that in the backyard, there was some really good fertile soil. It wasn't clay like we, try, like we were trying to till in, uh, in Windsor. But we had this section in the back, uh, and it was just really rich, really dark soil, and so the soil got all tilled up good. And, and uh, my wife decided that she was going to try it one more time, one more kick at the can, to, to go get some seed and to go try our hand, her hand, not really my hand, her hand, because she was the one who did the sowing, right? And so she took the seed, and she had, you know, we, we got some potato seeds, I guess, or what do they call it? No, they were like little potatoes, right? See, that's it. See, I'm not really a farmer, okay? So you want to talk about haddock and scallops and Oh, mother-in-law is coming this week. Praise the Lord. And I've just heard about haddock and skull. Oh, man, it's great. So anyway, I've been missing that. little, little surf coming. And so she gets some of these uh, little potatoes and puts them in and, and you know, gets the carrots and the, and the plants, cucumbers, beets. And, um, what else did you plant? Help me out here. Zucchini. Yeah, zucchini that grew the size of baseball bats. Squash and all that wonderful stuff to make squash soup that we just get so excited about. But it's healthy, right? And uh, so she plants these seeds, and, and of course, you know, we, we get the, some of the, you know, when it was a little bit drier, we would get the water onto it. And, and uh, it was so exciting that you would begin to see, you know, you get down and say, hey, look. I think that's some green onion starting to sprout out. And, and, then, and the next thing you know, of course, all those squash, they just decide to take over everything. But when you see this field, or not field, but this, this plot of ground that was once just basically bare and, and, and dark and nothing there, to later through the summer, you see all this green and these rows of stuff that you know that you can eat. It's really cool Especially when one day uh, she came home from work and I had peeled the potatoes and we had done the carrots. We had beets and pickles and everything except for the chicken breast were what came out of the garden. And I just looked at my wife and I said, thank you so much for, for making supper. She said, well, I didn't do that. You cooked it. I said, yeah, but you, you planted it and you harvested it. And so I thought it was really cool because I think it was the first time ever that most everything on the plate was something that came from 
something that was sown and something that was reaped. And I lead into that this morning or lead off with that simply to say that there is a principle of sowing and reaping in the scriptures. That what we reap is what we sow. Amen? That if you don't sow anything, you can't really expect to reap anything. And we could use another word that uh, when it comes to sowing, and I got it up there, and it's really investment. Investing. And this morning in Matthew 25, there is a parable that Jesus uses. And that parable begins in in verse 14. And it reads something like this. And again, and Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God. He said, it'll be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents of money, to the other two talents, and to another one and one talent, each according to his ability. And then he went on his journey. And the man who had received the five talents went at once and put his money to work, and he gained five more. So also the one with the two talents gained two more. But the one who had received the one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. A long time after, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received the five talents brought the other five. And said, Master, he said, you entrusted me with five talents. And see, I've gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. And the man with the two talents also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two. See, I have gained two more. And his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received the one talent came, and the master, he said, I knew you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown, and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And so I was afraid and went out and hid your talent in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. And his master replied, he said, You wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I return, I would have received it back with interest. Take the talent from him and give it to the one who has the ten talents. For everyone who has who has will be given more and he will have an abundance and whoever does not have even what he has will be taken from him and throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth so Lord this morning we come in Jesus name again asking for your help and asking Lord that we would be able to hear what you speak to each and every one of our hearts this morning And Lord, may we act upon not only your written word, but your revealed word to us. 
We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So when you go back to Matthew 24, and of course yesterday the world was supposed to end, so congratulations, you survived. But in Matthew 24, we note that uh, the disciples asked Jesus about the sign of his coming and of the end of the age. He points to the destruction of Jerusalem. He points to signs concerning his coming. He says that no one knows about that day or hour, not even the angels in heaven nor the Son of Man, but only the Father. So I think that those who are predicting that yesterday was the date should have been reminded of that. But one of the things that the Lord does tell us is he, t- he, he gives an exhortation and that we are always, always to keep watch. How many are this morning would agree that we need to keep watch because we really don't know the day or the hour that the Lord will return? And this morning I just want to talk about four things. Four things concerning this idea of investing your life for God. We're going to get that first thing in in just a few moments, but I want you to understand this, that this is really a parable about stewardship. Stewardship. And it's interesting because sometimes we can have this misconception that what we have is ours. It belongs to me. And yet, There's a truth in the word that says in Psalm 24, verse 1, that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. In 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20, it says that you are not your own, that you were bought with a price. One writer said this, said that stewardship builds the bridge in your Christian life that will enable you to reconcile your faith and your living in a secular world because you see the truth is is that the way that we live the way that we work the way that we spend our time and the way that we spend our money has everything to do with an understanding of really who owns it all and this is really about biblical stewardship that we need to understand that God has entrusted things to us and if we understand that it will impact how we work how we play how we use our time, how we use our family, our finances, and so on. So the first thing I want us to highlight this morning is, is, in, is in the first couple of verses of that, of the, of the verses that we just read, 14 and 15. If you zero in in verse 14, he, he says about the kingdom, he says, again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants, and notice what he talks about. He says he entrusted his property to them. First thing I want us to know, notice is that God has chosen us here this morning as stewards of his property. Stewards of his property. In this parable we find that Jesus is telling us a story about a wealthy landowner and that wealthy landowner delegates and he distributes portions of his wealth to his servants. Now, in those days, if you were a well-to-do master, and they did, they would often go on journeys, but, but because of transportation in those days, when they would get back, the time would be uncertain. So in his absence, his return uncertain, 
Jesus said that this wealthy landowner entrusted his property to three of his servants. Three of his servants. How many know this morning that Jesus has entrusted things to us? How many would agree with that? Jesus has entrusted things to us. And it's wonderful this morning because we were singing about some of these songs and about God's love and so on. And it's wonderful that we come, when we come to Christ that, and I believe that these things are available to us, that we can experience his love, we can experience his presence, we can experience joy, peace, we can experience security knowing that we are in the palm of his hand. We can, we can have an assurance that if we are in Christ, that we will spend eternity with him. But there's also an exchange that takes place when we receive these wonderful benefits and blessings from the Lord because interestingly enough that everything, when we turn our lives over to Jesus, when he becomes the Lord of our life, when he becomes the king of all kings to us, when he sits on the throne of our hearts, everything that we have is his because he's the sovereign Lord of heaven and earth. He's the maker of all things. And no longer are we our own. We are bought with a price. We are his. We've been bought with the precious blood of Jesus. The precious blood of Jesus. And as we said before, that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it, we are not our own. We are bought with a price. And so in the ancient world, servants would enjoy a considerable amount of responsibility and a considerable amount of authority they were pretty much considered to be partners or almost partners in the affairs of the landowner. So even though he is the owner, we are his servants. And folks, we do have a partnership in the affairs of our Lord. Interesting in Mark 16, it says the disciples went out and preached everywhere and the Lord worked with them. Folks, this is his business, but he has sent us on that assignment And it says that the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by signs that accompanied it. So folks, he's given us, as his followers, the mission, a great commission to carry out his ministry. Paul, as an example, saw himself as as a partner in the affairs of Christ's kingdom when he referred to himself as God's fellow worker. One of the important things that he's left us to do is to be a good steward of the resources while he's away. So how do we do that? Second thing, second thing is this. As stewards, not everyone is entrusted with the same amount of talents. But everyone is entrusted with something. We are entrusted with something. Verse 15, look what he says. To each one or excuse me, to, the, to, to one he gave five talents of money, to another two talents, and to another one talent, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. So this parable in its context is really about money. We're going to apply this a little bit further, though, as well. But we find that the first servant gets five talents, the second servant gets two talents, and the third servant gets one talent. Now, I've heard many preachers talk about the talents as being talents, like, you know, singing and dancing and 
playing the guitar or piano or, or that sort of stuff. But this is, in this context, it has to do that a talent was a weight of money. And it was a lot of money. A lot of money. A talent was worth about 600 days of wages, about two years of work. About two years of wages. So if you, if you made, say, if someone made, say, and we'll just throw out a figure. You made 40000 a year. 40 multiplied by 5, do my math right, it's $200,000. How many would agree this morning, if someone gave you $200,000 to manage, that's a fairly big responsibility. Would you agree with that this morning? If someone dropped 80 grand into your bank account, said, listen, I'm going away for a while, I'm not sure when I'm coming back, but could you take care of the 80 grand? Some of us would probably say, yeah, I know a good way to take care of 80 grand. <laughs> of course, the third guy, the third guy, actually, I think I did, did I do my math wrong? I might did my math wrong. Was it 400,000? Because we're talking about two years' wages. Each talent worth two years. So be like, yeah, so it was more, probably more than that. Anyway, the point is, and you get this, this is a significant amount that each of them got. Well beyond my resources. But it reminds me of, 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 a, of a guy who, there was a lady, and she was, she was a, a, a Presbyterian lady, and she was over in Korea, and she had a ministry over there among the poor. And I remember reading the story, and, and this lady talked about how in her denomination in the United States, they, that lady, the women could not be ordained, but she had a fantastic ministry among some of the poor that were in Korea. In fact, she would take them clothing, she would take them food, she would even take them just basic necessities of life. Like, for example, uh, don't we ever take soap for granted? Anybody take soap? for granted she'd take them basic necessities basic things that they needed her heart and her vision and her ministry was heard heard of by a guy back in the United States and it so impressed him it so moved him of what she was doing that he decided this wealthy businessman wrote a check for two million dollars U.S. to invest in furthering her work in Korea. What does that tell me? It tells me that this man understood that he was blessed of God and because of the blessing of the Lord and the favor of the Lord upon his life, that he, he understood his role as not the one who owned it, but the one who was the steward over it. And he took that two million and he invested it into that ministry. He invested it into the kingdom of God. I'd say he was probably a five-talent guy. Then there are those with the two-talent people. And then there's the one-talent people. Maybe some of us think we're about a half a talent or a quarter of a talent. I'm not sure. But the question is this, is what is it, and when I make this personal this morning, and it's not just about the money. I want to stretch this a little bit further. What is it that God has entrusted you this morning with? What has he entrusted you this morning with? Folks, if he has, if you have experienced 
the love of Jesus and the presence of Jesus in your life and you have the Holy Spirit living in you, how many know that you have been entrusted with the very presence of God, that wherever you go is holy ground? The question is, is how are we using the presence of God? Are we using the presence of God to touch someone else's life? If you've experienced the forgiveness of God and the mercy and the grace of God, it means that you've experienced His love, a love that we've sang about this morning, a love that is that overwhelming, reckless love of God. I remember experiencing that when I was a kid because I I remember being a kid and the Spirit of God would follow me around. No, no, this was not an imaginary friend. This was a presence of God. And He would speak to me. And you see, I had a sister that I never met. She only lived to be three hours old. She was older than I was, born in October, but she only only lived three hours. The umbilical cord had wrapped around her neck and it cut off the oxygen to her brain and she died at three hours old. And when I was only a little kid, four, five years old, the Holy Spirit chased me around and reminded me that I have a sister that one day, if I follow Jesus, that I will be able to meet her someday and see her and have a reunion in heaven. And I never forgot that. And I remember the Spirit of God would follow me around and he would, he, would, he would keep my heart tender before Him and give me a desire and a hunger. And folks, if the Holy Spirit has chased you down, I want you to know that, folks, we, we also need to have that concern for others, those that don't know Jesus. Many of us have been trusted with the gospel. We know what the gospel message is. But folks, listen, the statistics tell us, and this is so sad, that about 95% of Bible-believing Christians, born again, they don't share the gospel with those who need to hear it. Some of us have been trusted with spiritual gifts. Some of us here, you've been used the manifestation of the Spirit. You, you've, you've been like the light bulb who is off and all of a sudden God turns you on. Boom, you, you, you bring illumination into the darkness. Some of you here this morning, you, you've been used because you, you've laid hands on someone and you, you've seen God heal. Some of you here this morning, you have, you have the Spirit of God has, has, has moved upon you and you have received inspiration and you've spoken words of prophecy that have brought comfort and strength and encouragement to someone's life. I want you to know, folks, that that is something that God gives to us. Why? Not for the benefit of ourselves, but it's to be invested into the kingdom of God, to further the kingdom. So we've talked about money. We've talked about the presence of God. We've talked about the gospel. We've talked about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. There's some of us here this morning, praise God, and we're, they're, they're investing it. On the piano, they're investing on the guitar. They're investing in their vocals. They're investing on... In, in, in all sorts of different ways into the kingdom of God. Some of us here have the, the ability to teach. Some of us here are, are natural. God just giving you the gift of encouragement. You are just like a, a modern day Barnabas. You just have that gift. Some of you here this morning have the gift of helps and service, hospitality. And you know who you are. And folks, I want you to know that that the Lord, I believe the Lord is still speaking to people. Still speaking to people. Still moving upon hearts to say, listen, I have an assignment for you. But many of us, out of fear, we don't do what the the guy with the five or the guy with the two, but we do what the the guy with the one did is we oftentimes, we, we bury it.
But can I encourage us this morning, as I come close to closing this, I'm, I'm moving closer to, to, to wrapping this up. I want to encourage you this morning. And I want to maybe challenge you just a little bit. That whatever God has given you, and I know that there are people here who, who have the gift of baking, the gift of cooking. You have the gift to, to build things. God has given us both natural and supernatural tools. And I want to encourage each and every one of us, don't hold on to it for yourself. Don't hold on to it for yourself. But as stewards of what God has entrusted, please, could I just beseech you this morning that make it count for the kingdom. Make it count for the kingdom. Invest all that you've entrusted with. Invest all that you are and all that you have. Folks, if it is money, give it. If it is your time, invest it. If it is your skills, give it to further. If it is a special endowment of the Spirit, put it to work. Put it to work. Because, folks, I want you to know that when people do that, they change lives around them. They change lives around them. In 17... 89, William Wilberforce, he put, he put persistence to work for the kingdom of God and the betterment of the world. And he stood before the British Parliament and he cried out for a day when men and women and children would no longer be bought and sold like they were farm animals. And finally, after 18 years, in 1883, four days before his death, the Parliament passed a bill that completely abolished the slave, slavery. In the 40s, there was a young man, young man who was, who was given a burden, a, a gift for, for, for speaking, public speaking, he, and he was entrusted with the gift of the good news of Jesus Christ. And a few of his college buddies, they envisioned stadiums that would be packed out with people. And as a result of investing his life into the kingdom of God. Over 210 million souls have heard Billy Graham preach the gospel by way of television and radio. Martin Luther King Jr., as an example, was given a vision, entrusted with a, a vision of a world without prejudice, without hatred or racism, and he said these words, he said, I have a dream that my four children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. And folks, in that dream and that vision, that gift still lives on. I remember hearing about David Wilkerson in New York City. And Wilkerson stood in the, in the middle of Times Square, New York, and he began to lament and he began to weep and he began to cry and be burdened over those who were strung out on heroin, those whose lives were being destroyed by prostitution. And as he lamented and as he cried out before God, and he said, Lord, you need to raise up a witness in this place. 
Lord, you need to do something about this. And here's what happened. The Lord spoke to David Wilkerson and he said, David, you know the needs, you know the city, you do it. And David Wilkerson, the founder of Teen Challenge, who was a small uh, town pastor in Pennsylvania, led by the Lord into work with the gangs in New York City and see Teen Challenge birth later on in his career, birth Times Square Church, a church that is reaching thousands of people in New York City. Why, why did these things happen? These things happen because they understood that Jesus is Lord of all, that he has it all, he owns it all, and that our lives are his to be used for his glory and the sake of his kingdom. And they understood their talent, their time, their, their money, whatever that God had entrusted into their hands was to be invested, poured, sowed into the kingdom of God. And so my question this morning is, what is God speaking to you today? What is he saying? What is he saying about your gifts? What is he saying about your financial resources? What is he saying about your time? What is he saying about these matters? What is he speaking to you? What is he speaking to you this morning? I remember talking to Al Downey just yesterday at Vanguard. And as I was talking to Al Downey, as I called the worship team back together, and if we could, we could just final, uh, sing that final song, um, Build My Life. Al Downey shared of how their church when he was in Sherwood Park pastoring. What a treasure Al is. Just loved his wisdom. And Al began to share of how when they were considering the vision for their church and involving people into the vision, it came down that they began to open things up and begin to ask people what it was that God had placed upon their hearts. And in Sherwood Park, it was a community where hard-working people, blue-collar jobs, and many of the men would, would be off for a significant number of days, weeks, while moms were home to, left to take care of the children. And there were moms that were hungering and desiring just adult conversation. And so this young lady says, why don't we open up the church and use this room so that we can just invite moms with their kids? And so he said, yeah, let's go for it. And he said that it, it just filled the place up. There was moms that were coming with their children. The children would play, and, and the moms that were there would be able to talk and just to have adult conversation. And in due time, because of the relationships that were being built through that ministry, there were young women and families that were beginning to come to the Sunday services, and there were people that were beginning to get saved as they responded to the good news of Jesus Christ. Another lady said about having a luncheon on a monthly basis for, or actually actually every week, I believe it was, uh, three, three times in the month for those that were seniors that were in the church and once a month to invite the community. And folks, the same thing happened. They would have 30, 40 people that would gather, but then the place was filled up. He said they were bringing busloads in from all over the place. Seniors coming in to get, get and, and the next thing you know, what does it happen? The relationships get built. 
through those relationships and through that investment of time and through that investment of prayer, through that vision that God had gifted them. Next thing you know, there's people that are coming to the church and encountering Christ and encountering the presence of God. And all that God can do in our lives, He can do in their lives. He can save us. He can forgive us. He can pour His grace and His love. He can mend up the broken hearts. And if you need a miracle in your life, how many know that God is still the same yesterday, today, and forever? Jesus hasn't changed. How did that all happen? How did that all happen? It happened because people realized the truth that God has given something each and every one of us that he wants us to use some of us here we're five talent people so to speak five talent people some of us are two talent people some of us have been given one but can I encourage you this morning don't be like the guy who Jesus said was a wicked lazy servant that's that's a pretty harsh thing to hear I like the well-done, good and faithful servant. You know what's interesting? It didn't matter if somebody had 10 talents. It didn't matter if somebody had five talents. It didn't matter if someone had two talents. If we answer the call to be the stewards of what God, whatever it is that God has given us, And we, like my wife, who had those seeds, saw that soil and began the the work of sowing, investing, putting in the time, putting in the work, putting in the labor. I want you to know that we do that. I believe that together, can I just say this? I want to be honest. Do you know that I don't have all the gifts? Do you know that I don't have all the talents? One person can only do so much. But it's interesting. They say when, when you yoke oxen together, that they can actually pull more than double the weight because there's something called synergy. What if this morning we were able to not just have two of us yoking up in partnership, but there were three, five, ten, 50, yoking up and saying, Lord, here I am. What I have, I realize is yours. And Lord, you are calling and speaking to me to pour my life out for those who don't yet know you because you poured out your life for me. And like my wife who took those seeds and she planted. What a great sense of accomplishment sat down at the table and as a family we shared of the fruit of her labors it's not for us to bury out of fear it's about taking what God has given us and investing it for the furtherance of his kingdom folks Vegreville is our Jerusalem outlying communities is our Samaria and then there's the uttermost parts of the earth. Could we stand together this morning?
we just, for a few moments, just open up our hearts and just invite the Spirit of God to speak to us. See, some of us have already been spoken to. What it really needs to happen is you have a Holy Spirit boldness to step out. Like the time when I got filled with the Spirit and I felt like I could witness to anybody. I think of Peter and those guys who were being persecuted for their preaching and yet regardless of the imprisonment, regardless of the threats, they kept stepping out and doing it for the sake of the kingdom. So Holy Spirit, we pray this morning and we ask that you'd speak to every one of our hearts, Lord. Speak to us. May you show us what this body can do together as we take the very things you've entrusted us with and we invest, we pour it back into the kingdom. Not for our glory, but for your glory. Speak to hearts this morning as we, as we close this service with this worship song and as we make where we are now an altar, a place to meet with you that, Lord, that you'll speak. Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, speak to us, Lord.
Father, we just uh, we just ask this morning that by your Holy Spirit that you will help us to know what it is that you want us to do. And that, Father, that we will take the very things that you have entrusted us with and that we will faithfully consistently and unwaveringly invest into into your kingdom into your kingdom and in so doing Father that when the time comes that the accounts are settled that we will be able to stand before the master and we will hear words of words that would encourage us, words that would say to us, well done, well done, well done, good and faithful servants. So Father, as we move forward, first of all, as we prepare it uh, soon to reflect on 2016 and to be reminded of those things that were done and accomplished that God, as we move forward, may we move forward together. May we move forward as a unit with one mind, one purpose. And that is to be faithful to do that which you have called us to do. And so God, may we discover that together. May we walk that out together. May all the giftings, all talents, all the resources be used for your glory. Father, thank you for this day and this service. Thank you for everyone that is that is here right now, God. We thank you for those. We, we pray for those who weren't able to make it for whatever reason and pray that your spirit would be ever present with them. For those that are here today, God, I pray that this message will not just be something that we think about and we forget that Lord, you would you would just continue to remind us and help us to be, that it would become a part of of who we are in this church. Those who are invested in building your kingdom until you come, Lord, we pray your blessing. We pray your favor and your provision, your guidance, your love each and every one of us here today. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Um, Just to, as we kind of shift things around a little bit, um, and I know that, let me just check, uh, if the kitchen staff might be able to uh, give us an indication how close are the potatoes? Are the potatoes? Oh, okay, both okay, both about sixty feet. So they are ready to go. If um, if everybody would want, and we can kind of do this by showing of hands. If um, we could move into our annual meeting in say uh, five or ten minutes, unless you think you might want to get a little something to eat before. I'm, I'm hoping that our meeting, our business section, won't be much longer than like 
hopefully it won't be all afternoon. Okay. So, um, so when people say, hey, I think maybe you should get something in the tummy first so I, you don't get hangry, eat first. I see a number of hands going, especially the kids. They just want to eat all the time. So those who are, uh, who are visiting today, you are welcome. We love for you to stay and, and uh, mingle and, and have something to eat and fellowship together. Please, uh, you are welcome to do that. If you have to go, uh, we understand, but we'd love for you to stay. And uh, 